Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study. And I'm so glad that you are here today. Let's go to the book of Matthew chapter 17. And I want to talk with you today about walking on the supernatural path that God has for you. But first, let's begin in prayer. Heavenly Father, as we jump into your word, we ask that your Holy Spirit would illuminate your scriptures so that we can receive it with understanding and that we can consume it like spiritual food because we thank you that it is food for our inner man, feeding our faith. Now, Father, we thank you for a T-bone steak and potatoes meal today from your word and that it is supplying tremendous power to us to do the impossible. We give you all of the praise in Jesus' name, and together we say, Amen. Matthew chapter 17, verse 14, And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic. You know, there's many different problems. Here we see the uh, epilepsy, but you could insert really anything into this and you would still be facing a difficult challenge. Now, there are some things that are tougher than others, but whatever your problem is, there is a solution through the Lord's power, praise God, and suffers severely for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. How come he doesn't fall on the bed? How come he doesn't fall on the the nice, soft foam mattress? Why does he have to fall into the water or fire? Because there's a devil behind this manifestation. And my friends, the enemy has not changed. He is still out to steal, kill, and to destroy. He wants to take from you, even as a believer, what would be God's best. And he wants to steal it from you, but he's not going to be able to do it because the Lord is uh, helping you to erect a fortress around your life, an indefensible, uh, impenetrable fortress of the Word of God all around your life. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation. Well, we know today that in the earth there's a lot of perversity. We can see that everywhere. We can see it in our nation. But this this area of faithlessness, we don't seem to take with the same level of severity. So my friends, we do see faithlessness today. But we are going to be the opposite of that. We're going to continue to walk further into the blessing, further into the light of God's goodness, and we're going to see great things happen. O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon. He didn't pat it on the back and say, that's okay. We understand. We all have problems. We all have issues we're working through. No, he rebuked the demon and it came out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Now, um, this is not to criticize or, or, or make fun of or anything like that. But if you feel led of the Lord to go into the area of psychiatry or psychology, you have to understand that there are some areas that are spiritual. They need the, they need the power of God, and you can't just help them by ministering to their uh, perhaps their broken mind or uh, areas of emotional trauma. 
But you have to walk uh, as a servant of the Lord and don't be afraid in the name of Jesus when those situations arise to cast the devil out of a person that has a demon that's causing the problem. And I do have friends that are in the area of uh, professional psychology. They do it for full-time living. But just because that's your niche uh, doesn't mean that you should shy away from the ministry uh, or the authority that we have in the Lord to cast out evil spirits. Mm -mm. Not just drug them up, not just lay them out on the couch and give them another pill, amen, but to get them free. And Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. For surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out. Let me stop just for a moment today and say that that's why you want to use your faith. And of course, we see here that the Lord has also given an, an emphasis on tough cases of prayer and fasting. But you pray and fast in the sense to boost your faith. I don't fast just because uh, I'm allergic to food. <laughs> Not by any means. I, I fast and pray in order to get that faith boost so that I can grab a hold of the Word of God the way that God wants me to. So I'm not like some kind of a ascetic that just happens to enjoy uh, maybe some kind of uh, self-deprivation because I want to inflict agony upon my soul. No, <laughs> I've got taste buds on my tongue just like you do. But still, the main core of what we're trying to get at is that God wants your faith up so that you can deal with whatever situations would be in your life and again, he says, however, this kind does not go out. There are some things that need to go out of your life. Certainly a demon. Oh, absolutely. We don't want the devil in our life. But my friends, uh, it could be a, a multiple things that you want to go out. It could be a stack of unpaid bills. It could be a, could be a stack of toxic debt, and you need it to go out. Okay, so whether it's a demon or something that just needs to go, then you have to deal with it the same way. So there are things that need to go out. High blood pressure, sugar diabetes, whatever it might be. Um, all of these little internal things that people can run into trouble with. It needs to, it needs to go out. Okay, so sickness and disease we have been redeemed from. And just because maybe it could be treated or medicated, and then you could be told, well, just to live with it, you can manage it for the next 20 or 30 years or however long you might be. Well, what, what happens if you live to be 120? You're still going to be popping pills, you know, all the way till then or until Jesus comes back. I'm just saying there, there, are, there are ways to deal with this, and you deal with it by strong faith. Now, just as there are uh, situations where some things need to go out, there could be other situations where things need to come in. Healing needs to come in. Or maybe, maybe you're in a situation you need a vehicle, and a vehicle needs to come in. Okay, so some things need to go out, but some other things that would be good need to come in. And so you can work it the same way. You speak, and you talk to it, and whatever needs to go out goes out, and whatever needs to be brought in, you call it in. 
Praise the Lord. I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. You know, on the way out, uh, as uh, just about every day, uh, Kelly and I, we drive out to the 14.5 acres that the ministry has out at the airport, and we love going out there and seeing what's taking place with the forestry management where all of the dead wood laying on the ground is being picked up and removed, and all of the wild briars and vines that have been growing wild for the last no telling how long uh, the property was uh, previously owned by not just a family, but by a ge- but going back generations and generations. So there was never any forestry management on the property. So there's vines growing like and briars growing like in some areas like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> so all of that is is being cleaned up. But as we drive out there and as I as we go, get there and speak to it and speak to the land and speak to the property, and uh, you know I I have to drive by a certain area. And this area has been there, you know, for a long time where there's this gigantic pile of dirt. And I wouldn't call this pile a mountain, but it's not a hill. It's beyond a hill. And uh, I'm not quite sure how it got there. I think maybe the highway department piled it up when they built a road years back. And so there's just this uh, enormous pile of uh, dirt and just ugly. Well, anyhow, about two weeks ago, they brought in this heavy machinery, giant, um, you know, excavators and the big uh, dump trucks. I'm talking like the type you would see like in a mining type operation. These aren't your normal dump trucks, but the kind that are gigantic. You can't, you can't transport them down the road. You have to disassemble them and drive them because they're so big. And I tell you what, it took about two weeks and that entire mini mountain, gigantic uh, pile of dirt it's actually all gone now. It's nothing but a smooth level field where something is going to be built. And all of that dirt was moved to fill in a ravine back behind it. And now that's all brought up the level. Now there's even more level room. But I, as I would drive by, I could see the foreman out on that land, out in the middle of it, talking you know, by walkie-talkie and stuff like that to the guys and gals that are operating this heavy machinery, telling them where, where, where you know, this is this, and move this over here, and move that over there, and just get it all out of here. And uh, nothing happens without words being spoken. And so you have to stay on it. Often it doesn't turn overnight. You could have a rare overnight miracle like that. But so often, in many cases, you have to keep speaking to it and command that thing to get out of your life, command that lupus or that uh, eczema that skin disease, command it in the name of Jesus to get out of your body, curse it, command it to wither and die the way Jesus spoke to the fig tree and it will. So this is what mustard seed faith is. And that's why you want to keep your faith up. And if you need to throw in extra prayer and fasting in order to boost your faith, then certainly that needs to be something that is in your spiritual tool shed where you know how to take those tools and use them and implement them so that you keep your faith operating at maximum efficiency. Can you say amen today? Mm-mm. Praise the Lord. So uh, I would call it always having a faith project. I've met Christians that are just like on perpetual cruise control. And if you were to ask them, uh, what are you focusing your faith on right now? Sometimes uh, they, they would say, well, nothing really. I just want to make it to heaven. <laughs> well, you're already on your way to heaven. And sure, that is your highest priority. It is absolutely of all things. Even Paul said, uh, after I've preached the gospel to everybody else, 
I certainly don't want to be a castaway. In other words, I don't want to mess this up. I, I want to gain heaven. Okay, so yes, that is number one. And number two is to take as many people uh, as we can along with us. But at the same time, my friend, while you're keeping your, your um, how can I say, your, your salvation secure and your walk with the Lord close, you know what? Uh, there's some things in your life that probably need to be moved out. There's probably some stuff that needs to go. Maybe not a big pile of dirt. You might not need to call uh, an earth-moving company, uh, but it could be, hey, maybe you want to bring something into your life. Maybe you want to bring in a swimming pool. So yeah, they're going to roll in some equipment to move some dirt. But whatever it is, uh, you need to have a faith project because your faith is a lot like your muscles. If you don't use them, uh, they atrophy. If you if you don't walk, if you don't take care of your body, it's just like a house. If left untouched, it will begin to deteriorate. So uh, it's like a car. The worst thing that you could do to a car is to park it. Oh, well, Pastor Stephen, it's a collector's edition, and I'm hardly ever going to drive it. I'm going to put it in the garage and only take it out twice a year. That's the worst thing you can do to a vehicle because all of those hoses, all of those rubber plastic hoses and cables and this and that, uh, left with coolant and antifreeze and other uh, liquids inside of it, it will be, begin to corrode and deteriorate. If you really want to take care of it, you need to drive it a uh, couple times a week. Woo, praise God. Amen. Somebody needs to know that before you get your miracle vehicle blessing. Mm-mm. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so we want to have faith projects that we are applying our faith muscles to. We want to be operating in the mustard seed faith, praise God, and watching God continually move us forward uh, in these great kingdom projects. Amen. Let's go over now to the book of Exodus as we are uh, continuing right now pretty much at the closure of Passover. Passover is a seven-day feast of unleavened bread. And Josephus, the first century Jewish historian. By the way, what a historian he was. We we don't see any writing that says that he ever became a Christian, but at the same time, we don't see any writings that said that he did that he did not. So Josephus actually witnessed the destruction of the temple. Now, this was the temple that Herod built that Jesus went into, and Jesus prophesied would be destroyed, not one stone standing upon another. And of course, if you go to Jerusalem today and you see the Western Wall, that's not the temple. That's only the uh, the retaining wall, and the temple used to sit up above that. So the temple's totally gone, just like Jesus prophesied that it would be. But Josephus was an eyewitness to all of that, and he was a tremendous Jewish historian, not only of his current era in which he was living, but also conversing with the rabbis and really trying to record as accurately as possible the uh, history of the Jewish people uh, in accordance with, you know, the uh, Tanakh, the Old Testament scriptures from what they knew so well. But Josephus said that after seven days is when the Egyptian deliverance took place where they crossed through the Red Sea. And uh, this is very interesting because it could be on this day, it could be on this day that we're enjoying that this was the day that the Israelites actually went through the Red Sea crossing. Let's read a little bit about that because it's very important because we are syncing that with the uh, day that we're experiencing right now. 
Exodus 14, verse 1. Now the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, that they turn and camp before Pi-Hiroth, between Migdal and the sea, opposite Baal-Zephon, you shall camp before it by the sea. Again, Baal-Zephon and all of these things are names that also God is overthrowing. They're all names glorifying the Egyptian deities that they worship. All of their false gods, ten primary ones, got crushed uh, uh, by God with the ten plagues, each plague a complete uh, refutation, a complete humiliation of that particular God that the Egyptians worshipped. Now verse 3 is important. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, they are bewildered by the land, the wilderness has closed them in. And that's actually what the Israelites ran into. So they get into this area where they're coming through this ravine and then they come up against the Red Sea. So you have the Red Sea in front and you have these mountainous uh, ravine walls on the left and the right and there's nowhere to go. You can't go backwards because the Egyptian army is closing in. And Josephus recorded that Pharaoh's mentality was, hey, we've made a mistake. What do we let them go for? That was our slave labor workforce. We need to get them back. And uh, Josephus says that Pharaoh attributed his slip up of letting them go to the magic of Moses, that Moses uh, must have cast some kind of a spell over his mind and like, hey, what were we thinking? We let them go. Well, what you were thinking is that you all lost your firstborn and that you're getting destroyed because uh, you're up against God. But again, God wasn't done dealing with Pharaoh. And so uh, the trap has been set. Let's continue on now. Verse 21, then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea into dry land and the waters were divided. You know, you could be at a place today and you're thinking, Pastor Stephen, I really need a Red Sea crossing moment because you might be hemmed in on every side. You may have run out of options. You may have tied an end. Uh, you may have tied, as we would say, a knot in the end of the rope and suddenly um, the knot's coming undone. <laughs> Woo! Isn't life exciting? Amen. Praise the Lord. And so you might feel like there's no way, no way out. But I want to tell you today on absolute authority from God's word and also from personal experience of walking this walk of faith, which is what the Christian journey is. I want to tell you that with God, there's always a way forward. And if you mean business with him and you are really committed to living uh, for him and serving him and doing your best to please him, I'm telling you, there is always always 100% a way forward. Now, it could mean that you might have to make a, a phone call that might be an uncomfortable call, but if God's in it, God wants you to make that call. Just go ahead and make it with a good heart and a good attitude. It could be that you maybe need to send an email to somebody or this or that, but if God says that's what you need to do, then go ahead and do that. But there is always a way forward with the Lord, always. And you have to remember that because every single time where it may seem like you're stuck or, uh-oh, this is it, um, remember there's always a way forward. You need to say that right now. That's a good confession of faith. Say that. With the Lord, there's always a way forward. Mm -mm. So 
This is amazing. Just before the path opens, uh, it is possible uh, to get into a place of despair and begin to let words come out where you kind of agree with what Pharaoh wants you to be in. Uh, Pharaoh said, uh, they are bewildered by the land. In other words, they are frustrated. They're just like completely undone. Uh, that's, what, that's what makes Pharaoh happy. Pharaoh being a type of Satan, uh, wanting to put the pressure on and wanting to put fear tactics on. Uh, he wants you to lose your cool and to get in the flesh and to start talk, talking negative and things along that line. But uh, this is very important, what I'm going to share now. I want us to look at verse 10. Again, we're in Exodus chapter 14. I want us to back up just a little bit. Look at verse 10. And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt, saying, Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. That's sad, isn't it? Honestly, I'm, I'm a lot like our early American founding fathers. As a matter of fact, my mother uh, has told me and my brothers that we are on her father's side. We are direct descendants of those who fought in the American Revolutionary War against the British for our nation's independence. And there's actually a, um, I can't remember what it's called, but there's a group that you can join if you can verify that. And so my mom has all, all of those records and that lineage. She's really into that stuff. Um, I just want to be in Christ. Do you understand what I'm saying? But she, she is saying there is direct lineage where my ancestors fought in the American revolutionary war. And so this, this is something that we want to know because we want to speak the right things in the heat of battle. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Fear, now this is, this is important. Fear will make you forget the faithfulness of God. So we have three Fs. Fear will make you forget the faithfulness of God. Just earlier, days earlier, God was unloading these epic judgments against the Egyptians. I mean, the Egyptians were terrified of the Israelites, and they were just like, get out, get out, please. We'll give you whatever you want. Just get out. And they, they were terrified at Moses. They actually viewed Moses as being like a god, and Aaron was like God's spokesperson. So, oh, wow. So this is very interesting, but Israel forgot that so quickly, and they had this slave mentality. So God's going to get them out of Egypt, but it, it took longer for God to get the uh, Egypt out of them. But who was it? Patrick Henry, who basically said, um, you know, it's better to die than to live uh, under the subjugation of the British people, where the king of, uh, of, you know, England is trying to control us from across the Atlantic Ocean. So yeah, I'd rather die uh, in uh, fighting to be free uh, instead of being uh, alive. But you know, 
now, now we're in bondage to him again. So no, we're going to, we're going to fight praise the Lord. And so today we're going to fight the fight of faith. And so you're going to come out of anything. And the enemy may have said, there's no way. And with God, there's always a way. It doesn't matter if you're addicted to fentanyl. It doesn't matter if you're addicted to uh, various types of uh, uh, uncleanness or perversion. I'm telling you, with God, there is a way out. It doesn't matter what the situation is. God, God can put you over. God can get you through. And you can get to know the Lord on this incredible journey because, you know, you you go through these things. But then, you know, maybe, maybe uh, you have some smooth sailing. But then you, you encounter another challenge. What do you do? Have a meltdown? No, you remember. You remember what God did last time and how the devil lost last time and he's going to lose again. Praise God. Praise God. And, you know, I've taught on this, but there is a place where, yes, you laugh at the devil right in the midst of all the crazy stuff when it looks like, oh, man, well, yeah, the Egyptians are going to wipe us out and kill us. I tell you what, when you can really laugh at the devil then, you, you and the Lord have something going on. I'm telling you, you know him in a way that a lot of believers don't. <laughs> Woo, praise God. Abraham was a friend of God. Why? Because he could relate to God on a frequency that's the only frequency that you can tune in where you please him. That's called the faith frequency. It is absolutely impossible to please God without faith. You can't do it. You just can't do it. That's why Abraham was a friend of God, because Abraham got on God's happy frequency, the frequency that God talks on, which is a faith frequency. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. With negativity and challenging circumstances around, you must keep your faith strong, and you really need to pray, Lord, show me the way forward. Wow. Praise God. And of course, when you walk that way forward, you have to do it with raw faith, with no feelings. Matter of fact, the only feelings might be, well, we're going to die. The, the, but those are feelings. And I understand that. I understand the test is real. Whatever it might be, maybe a health battle. And maybe the doctors have joined in. They're, they're just doing their job. And, but they're going to do it really good. They're going to say, oh, yes, we, nobody's ever lived through this. You know, you're stage four, this or that or the other. And that's the end of the road for you. But not with God. Not with God. And you have to understand that the covenant exempts you from what others go through who have no covenant with God. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Strong faith produces strong leadership. If you ever read the writings of Josephus, uh, as he describes in detail, matter of fact, he took a lot of his writing to cover the book of Exodus. But if you read his writings historically on how he covers from what the Jewish historical perspective is concerning the Red Sea crossing, Josephus said that Moses was the first one in. Faith, faith will turn you into a leader. Mm -mm. Fear will put you in the back of the pack every single time. Moses stretched that, out that rod and God split the Red Sea and people's jaws dropped, but that's still like, wow, who, who wants to go down in there? I mean, nobody's ever gone this way before. I mean, how long are those walls of water going to stand up like that? Moses is just like, I ain't got time for that. I'm moving in. I'm, and he led. Josephus says that according to the rabbis and the uh, very accurate Jewish uh, records, he was the first one in. 
Praise God. Praise the Lord. Ain't got time for all that moaning and groaning and complaining. Mm -mm. You got to move. Faith is on the move. Always. Always it's on the move. Let's take a look at that in the book of Hebrews chapter 11. Today, today, according to the rabbis, is today that the Red Sea was split and that the Israelites went through on dry ground and crossed to the other side. Mm -mm. Today is your day. Amen. Praise God. You're going through. Hallelujah. The, the de old dirty devil's a liar who has told you that you're never going to get out of this one, who, have, who has told you, well, you've had, you've had some minuscule victories in the past, but this, this is the end of the line for you. I'm telling you, he's a total liar, and the reason he's lying is he wants to steal the great victory that God has for you, and you're so close. Keep on moving. And I, when I say moving, keep moving in faith. Amen. And watch what God's going to do. Matter of fact, why don't you just go ahead and enjoy the journey and go ahead and laugh the devil. Yes, laugh at him. Let him, let him know. Yes, you're laughing at him. Let him know you don't believe his lies. Hallelujah. It says that God sits in the heavens and laughs, laughs at the stupid statements that come out of um, arrogant, uh, uh, atheistic, perverted men and wicked men and women who would plot against God and plot against Israel and plot against the holy church of the living God. Oh, hallelujah. God laughs at their stupid ideas and plans. Hallelujah. And so that touch of God can come on you and you just laugh sometimes. Amen. Woo, praise the Lord. And I'll tell you, that's when some Christians that don't know the Lord, they see you laughing. They might, they might think, well, he, he's, gone, he's gone too far this, this time. But you know, when you come through, wow. I tell you, don't, when you see a winner, when you see a man or woman that wins and keeps on winning and keeps on winning, uh, you better, uh, don't laugh at them. Don't laugh at them because you'll have egg on your face every single time. Don't laugh at a person that knows how to win. Mm -mm. You may not kind of maybe like their personality. Maybe you don't like the hair. Maybe you don't, you don't like the way they sing or the way they dress or something like that. But you better watch out when they know how to get through the hot, the, the hot spots and they know how to keep on going forward. Uh, that's, that is a leader. Praise God. And don't ever, don't ever uh, give them a hard time. Amen. Because they're going to come through again. And then you're going to look, you're going to look real stupid for having questioned and spoken against them. Look, all these things are in the Bible. Paul said for our admonition, all of the mistakes that the Israelites made. Uh, but you know, we want to serve the Lord and honor the Lord, especially especially when there are challenging times. Praise God. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 29 by faith, they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land. Again, by faith, they passed through. They kept on moving. Praise God. Hallelujah. Moses, I'm walking. Hey, victory's over here. Follow me. <laughs> Woo! Glory to God. Get moving. Amen. See, when Jesus ascended on high, he took captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. He's still releasing those gifts today. The apostle the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher. And when there's a man or woman of God that God has placed within your life with a message that reverberates in your spirit with victory and faith, get behind that and ride on that anointing. Praise God. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. Get behind the anointing. Get behind the flow. And you go through. And when they break through, you break through with them. Praise God. The oil that was poured on the head of Aaron ran down over his head, down over his face, down over his beard, and on his garments to the body. Amen. 
Glory to God. So God breaks it through for those at the top. Amen. And you go through. Amen. And their victory becomes your victory. The Lord's victory is our victory within his body, the, the worldwide church of the living God. Praise the Lord. Amen. Glory. I feel the spirit of victory today. <laughs> Woo, praise God. All right. So they passed through. And so that is faith on the move. Faith is walking. Let me tell you right now, God won't do the walking for you. Should God split the Red Sea, uh, God's not going to, uh, you know, uh, send some angels down and uh, push you on some kind of a, a magic carpet with a, you know, something you can lay down on. No, no, no. Get up and walk. Praise God. He's energizing your body. Get up and walk and enjoy the victory. Enjoy walking through there. Enjoy the testimony that you are building and creating. Praise the Lord. Enjoy the moment. Glory. Glory to God. Hallelujah. But be on the move. God wants you to be on the move with your faith. Don't put your faith on some kind of perpetual cruise control where all you're trying to do is make heaven and that's it. Have things that you're working on for the kingdom advancement. If you're a businessman or businesswoman, be believing God that this year will be the greatest year that you've ever had so you can give the biggest offerings and the biggest tithes that you have ever given before for the furtherance of God's kingdom. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Glory. God's going to also bless you real good personally. He's going to bless you real good, you and your family. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, even when you're resting, well, let's say the Israelites, they crossed over and let's take a little break and now it's time to camp and hang out. Well, look, whether you're walking by faith, such as through the Red Sea and that supernatural path that God had for them, he's also got a supernatural path for you. Okay. So, uh, but let's say you get to the other side and now let's take a little encampment and let's enjoy ourselves. Well, that's fine. Go ahead and sing the song of Moses. Go ahead and grab your, your tambourine ladies and dance around with Miriam, the prophetess, the, the sister of Moses. Enjoy yourself and have a wonderful time, but stay in faith as you uh, play the tambourine. Amen. Stay in faith as you're in the camp, kind of sitting down, relaxing, thanking the Lord that the, that the Pharaoh's off your back. Look, here's what you need to do. When Pharaoh's off your back, don't just go in the cruise uh, uh, mode and say, well, that, that, that's good. Now, now we can really take it easy. No, no, I'd say push the gas pedal down and just go ahead and get further into the blessings of the Lord. Amen. Let heaven open over your life. Amen. So that you not only have, uh, how can we say, breathing room, but you just go ahead and knock the ball out the park. Don't be satisfied. Just get first base. Somebody go ahead and hit a grand slam. Bring everybody home. Amen. Let your faith punch it through that others might be inspired with the miracle and the victory that you've secured. Keep your faith on the job. Keep your faith on the job. Some of you, you've got some breathing room. You've got, let's say you have savings. Let's say you, you landed your dream job and you're thinking, oh, hallelujah, this is a lot better. God's done some great things for me. Yes, but don't, don't just go into like, like a static type mode now where this is like something that you're content with for the next 10 years. No, uh, go ahead and do the best you can while you're there, but keep your faith because there's more. Keep your faith active because there's more that God has for you. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Don't get lazy. Don't get lazy with your faith. Exodus chapter 15. Let's go back there just for a moment. Exodus 15 verse 22. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea 
Then they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. So they're three days removed from that phenomenal miracle that the whole world knows about. The whole world knows about the miracle that God did for the Israelites by splitting the Red Sea. And so they're only three days removed from that. And they don't have water. Now, we understand that when they left Egypt, um, it's not like they had military-grade backpacks and they can load it full of, uh, you know, MREs, these meal replacement, uh, MRPs, meal replacement plans, and just all kinds of uh, food and gear to maybe somehow carry them for three months. They only had enough to go for a few days. And, and they're going out into the wilderness, and there's no grocery stores, there's no, um, there's nothing, nothing but sand and rocks and things like that. And so they get out there and there's no water. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Marah. And the people come, ooh, ooh, wow. I hate to say it, but it's, it's here in scripture. Let's, let's read it. And the people complained against Moses. What shall we drink? So he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. When he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made a statute and an ordinance for them, and there he tested them. And said, If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God, and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. By the way, I've had the same name for all of my life, Stephen Brooks. I haven't changed it. This is my name. And it's still the same on my birth certificate, the same on my passport. But God had, has had his name forever. And his name is the Lord who is your healer. I am the Lord who heals you. And God still he is healing today. He's still your healer. He didn't say, oh, I've changed my name. I had to go to court and I changed my name because I can't heal anybody anymore. I'm not able to do that. No, uh, he's not saying I, I could do that 4,300 years ago, but I, I, I just can't do it anymore. I had to go change my name. No, that's still God's name. And you need to celebrate his name if you need a healing in your life. So out in the middle of nowhere of a desert, God supernaturally supplied water. See, you run up against things in life and you think, oh, wow, what's God going to do? Well, I don't always know how he's going to do it, but I do know that there is a supernatural path, whether something needs to be moved out, moved out of the way, such as the water, or something needs to be uh, manifested, uh, such as the ability to have something to drink out in the desert, or, you know, health in your body. See, God's telling them, all three million of them. God's saying, I have the ability to take every single one of you and keep all of you in divine health. Isn't that amazing? Well, Pastor Stephen, could God do that for the body of Christ? He'll do it for whoever believes him. Why would you settle for, you know, just living with uh, prescription painkillers for the rest of your life when you can use your faith and God can get you off of that? God can bring healing into your body. But see, that's why you need to keep your faith on the job. Keep your faith on the line. Well, Pastor Stephen, one day, one day when we go to heaven, we'll cross over the Jordan and we'll be in the sweet Canaan land by and by. 
that's wrong theology. Uh, when the Israelites crossed the Jordan River and eventually arrived in the land of Canaan, there's giants there. And they were told, now you have to go to battle, you have to fight the giants, you have to fight the enemies. So when you go to heaven, there is no, there's no Nephilim in heaven. Ooh, <laughs> right? There's no dirty devil. There's no, there's no squatters in heaven. Praise God. I think we have a lot in major cities now, people taking over somebody's home, not paying the rent, and then never leaving and then having perverted justice where the law won't do anything about it. There's no squatters in heaven, no crooked judges in heaven. So when you get to heaven, it's going to be wonderful. But here in this life is where you have to possess the land, what rightfully belongs to you by faith. And so you have to possess your healing, praise the Lord, and possess whatever it is you need. But watch out for the grumbling and complaining. Very, very dangerous. Now, Exodus chapter 16, verse 2. Then the whole congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said to them, Oh, that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the pots of meat, and when we ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day, that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. And it shall be on the sixth day that they shall prepare what they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. Well, my friends, they, they complained when they didn't have water. God gave them water. They were concerned also about how there, there's no, you know, what are we supposed to do out in this wilderness? God says, look, I'll take care of you and give you health and sickness, disease won't come on you if you obey me and, uh, you know, you follow my commandments and live the way I'm instructing you to live. You'll walk in divine health. Praise God. I like that a lot. Praise the Lord. And then they have the situation of there's no food out here, but more grumbling and more complaining. So, when you know that God always has a path forward for you, then you won't complain or grumble. But if you think that God can't do it, then you're faced with these tough situations and you're getting the flesh just like they did. And you're start, you'll start grumbling. You'll start grumbling. Mm, and we want to watch out for that. That is a believer who doesn't really know how to get the victory. And maybe you've heard these things, but you never just put your foot down and said, I take a stand. And not only do I take a stand that God's going to bring me through, I'm not grumbling against God. God's not trying to kill me. God's not trying to, um, you know, uh, destroy me or something like that. This is just a test. This is just the enemy putting on real heat with real life circumstances, but God's going to get me through. And when you know that, you won't grumble or complain. Now, Exodus 16, verse 9. Then Moses spoke to Aaron, Say to all the congregation of the children of Israel, Come near before the Lord, for he has heard your complaints. And if we get into these types of tests and trials where our faith is challenged and we start all this grumbling and complaining, he still hears it today. God didn't get uh, somehow become deaf just because a few thousand years have passed. He still hears it, and we don't want to ever do that. Verse 11, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, 
I have heard the complaints of the children of Israel. You're always going to be faced with different things in life. You can have your Red Sea moment. God will get you through it. But life is a journey. And you have other things where you're, uh, you are faced with challenges, especially if you're a leader. If you're a leader, maybe you have your own business. Maybe you're watching me, you have your own ministry, and, or you have, you have something that you're leading. You will have challenges that those that maybe are just happy with the paycheck, they never face. It's part of leadership. It's okay, we embrace that and we accept that. But what you have to realize is that God who brought you through the Red Sea, He'll bring you through everything. And you have to remember the faithfulness of God because forgetfulness, uh, which is uh, birth through fear, will it'll get you over into this area where grumbling and complaining start to come out. So if you've been doing that, catch yourself and stop doing that. Stop doing that. And don't make excuses for it. That's, that's a big part of grumbling and complaining. It's a person who is not accepting their responsibility to rise up in faith and deal with the situation. And instead they have gotten over into fear and that's why they're grumbling and complaining. And so what the devil does is he wants you to get into that place because he wants to like take a wedge and drive it between you and God. And he wants you to get mad at God. And he actually wants you to think that God doesn't love you, doesn't care about you, and he's going to let you fail. Well, jump in there and start speaking the right words. Jump in there with that mustard seed faith and say, no, this situation, I'm coming through this in the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. And just praise God right there in the middle of it and stick with the Lord. He's the ultimate winner. If you, if you throw Jesus under the bus, you're on your own and the bus uh, might back up on you probably because uh, you know the devil has no loyalty to anybody except himself. Not even to his own minions does he show loyalty. The only, the, those in the dark side only serve him out of fear. That's the only reason. The, uh, they're all a bunch of rebels. There are, they are all a ship of fools. And so there's like constant mutinies. I, I was taken to hell one time uh, and the Lord showed me a vision when he took me there because I, I was in the spirit realm and I saw uh, a huge demonic creature, bigger than a house. He, 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 was, he was upset and he challenged Satan. Um, I'll, I'll share sometime about what I saw. It was in a big amphitheater too. It was a big showdown. I watched the whole thing. Very, very interesting. So he only can rule out of fear and intimidation and by being stronger than the others. But it's not like they're just loyal, happy, uh, joyful group. No, they all hate each other and they all know they're headed for the lake of fire. So they're all miserable all the time. <laughs> Praise God. But instead of grumbling, Rise up with the spirit of faith and say, God is going to come through for me, just like he did for the children of Israel. God is going to come through for me. Praise God. Be like Moses. Be like Joshua. Be like the Apostle Paul. And do what Jesus said. Well, you speak to the mountain and you just keep hammering that thing. And that thing will eventually fall into the sea. That thing eventually will dissolve out of your life. Maybe the test might last for two weeks and it could feel like a pressure cooker. And during that time, Satan wants you to get mad and yell at God. Satan wants you to get mad and curse God or say something that's, that's, un, that's not befitting the Christian character. During times like that, stay in faith. Sometimes you need to speak 
the language of faith, which is silence. But as long as you don't get into the negativity and complaining and just hold on to the Lord, you'll see, you'll see he's unbeatable. You'll see he's absolutely unbeatable. And you'll be like, Hey, uh, I'm running with this guy because Jesus has never lost ever. Now we can, we can potentially lose because we get out of faith and we're not putting our trust in God. When I say putting your trust in God, I'm talking about his word. But when you can get scriptures and cling to them, then you'll go through anything, anything. Jesus will never, ever in your entire life allow you to be tempted or tested beyond what you are able to bear. So whatever you're up against, then you just got to keep on going because God will make a way for you. I remember uh, uh, Dr. Peter Daniels went by the office of Robert Schuler, Dr. Robert Schuler, one time when he was building the Crystal Cathedral. And uh, Dr. Um, uh, Daniels caught him when he was at a low time. And he said, uh, he said, Bob, what's wrong? And so Dr. Schuler said, oh, I'm having all kinds of problems. He said, uh, he said, we have uh, financial challenges. He said, the city has, uh, the county is throwing all of this red tape at us and making all of these crazy demands and uh, just problems everywhere. He said, I, he said, some ways feel like giving up. He said, I, he said, there's a part of me that would just kind of wish I would have a heart attack and just die. It'd all be over with. I, that way I have, I have an excuse. I'd get out of this. <laughs> I want to just give up. But um, Peter Daniel said, oh, no, you can't give up. You can't give up. He said, how come? He's because you wrote the book <laughs> about, uh, you know, the, uh, the impossibility thinker, the, the, the person that just refuses to give up. Praise God. So he did. And, you know, and he got it built. Praise the Lord. But my friends, God's got a way for you to go forward, and you don't have to look for an excuse to get out. Just stand, because you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Just stand, and whatever your path is, because we all have different journeys, we all have a different path that we all walk as individuals, but whatever it is and whatever you find, just know God will get you through every single time, and then you go from glory to glory, and you're really living this. And so what you begin to realize is that the Bible uh, is real. Not only is it real in the sense that you, you start living it also. You start living it also because you just keep moving forward. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I did hear a really good preacher some years back. He's in heaven now. Uh, he lived his life out, but he did say that there's something about when you are walking with the Lord in the path that he has for you, there is an area of invincibility about your life. Right. And that's true. So the only way that you're going to lose or maybe some kind of, some kind of tragedy or something bad or some kind of defeat happens would be because you get away from your close walk with the Lord. You get, you get away from really leaning on God with your full faith in his word. And you got, you got away from that. Then the enemy was able to hit you. But as long as you're close to the Lord, you'll just, you'll go from victory to victory. And that is the B I B L E. And that's old Testament and new Testament theology. And that's the truth. Amen. Sometimes people criticize it and say, well, that's dominion theology because they have a defeatism mentality, uh, theology. So I don't have a title for what kind of theology it is. I just call it new Testament Bible theology. God wants you to be a winner. God doesn't have a loser plan for some Christians and then a winner plan for others where God wants these to win. 
But then he's got a few examples where he's going to make these others lose because they're in the loser category for whatever secret reason beknownst only to God. That's, that's just total baloney. God has a winning plan for every believer. But stay with the Lord. Stay with the Lord. Praise God. Amen. Because, it, you know, it's like boxing. It, it, uh, a heavyweight fight goes either 12 rounds, sometimes 15. And you might have a few rounds where it's pretty tough. And it looks like uh, uh, you might not make it through. And you might have others that certainly might uh, verbalize that. Well, it doesn't look like you're going to get out of this one. Looks like you're uh, not at the end of the rope, but uh, you're done this time. Your goose is cooked. Well, let them talk. You know, those things happen. You You can't control that. But for you, you better stay on faith. Amen. Because you don't need no stupid knot in a rope anyhow. You've got faith in God. You don't even need a rope. You just need the word of God. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> so these are things that this is where the rubber meets the road. You can't get this in any seminary. You can't get this in any Bible school. You can't get this from any ministry uh, school or Bible college. This is real life. And I've seen a lot of people that graduated from uh, Bible colleges and had really good degrees, but when they got into these fiery trials, it's like they melted because the real life stuff hits you. Praise the Lord. So whether you're a businessman, businesswoman, whether you're a uh, minister, man, woman of God, or whatever your, your field might be, God wants you to lead Praise God. God wants you to rise up and be that person of faith. And if God opens that door, you need to be the first one through, just like Moses was. He's the first one down in there. So let's go. Amen. We're get, we ain't going to see Pharaoh no more. Let's get out of here. Woo. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> Woo. Praise the Lord. You know, it says they believed in Moses that day. They're like, wow, this guy's really, yeah, he's got something from the Lord. It says they also believed fully in the Lord that day. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. But I see, I see that touch coming on you. I see it coming on you. Lift your hands. Father, I pray for those that are watching today. I thank you, Father God, that they, they could even be surrounded with the, with the critics. Maybe they've even had articles written against them. Maybe the doubters and the powders and the do-withouters have verbally expressed their, uh, their, 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 their pending failure. But Father, we thank you it's not going to happen. I thank you that your people are not only going through, they're going higher. I thank you, Father God, that this is their jubilee moment. This is their jubilee moment. This is their jubilee moment. Hallelujah. And it's about to be evidenced for many to see. Father, we thank you that Jesus cannot be defeated. We thank you that he is never ever and never will lose a battle. He has never lost one single battle in all of eternity. And the only reason that he died was because he laid his life down. We thank you, Father God, that we serve the great conquering King and that we thank you that in your son, we are more than conquerors. Hallelujah. Now, Father, we thank you that we don't have to conquer everything. We don't have to scale every mountain. All we have to do is walk the path that you have put us on. And we thank you. You got more than enough power to put us over and put us through. Father, there's probably not anybody watching me, nor ever will watch me, who needs to somehow go through the Red Sea and have it divided. That's, that's not going to be their case. But whatever their case is, whatever it is, you'll keep moving them forward on that path, and the enemy can't stop them no matter what he tries to do. 
So I thank you, Father, for the more than a conqueror anointing upon your people. I thank you for health in their bodies. I thank you for every one of their family members saved and washed with the blood of Jesus and that they are actively involved in uh, living for you. Hallelujah. Uh, we thank you, Father, that not one of our family members will die in their sins and go to hell, but they're all going to come to know you. We give you praise. We give you praise. We thank you, Father God, that you're working. We thank you, Father, that poverty cannot stay in the life of your people. It is being eradicated by the anointing, by the seeds that have been sown. It's harvest time. It's jubilee time. Your people go free. And not only do they go free, but you're moving them to the top as a sign and a wonder of your goodness and of your power. Thank you, Father God, that you're refuting every wagging tongue. Every scoffer will be uh, left speechless because of what you're doing in the lives of your people. Father, we thank you that this is the time for the church to shine. And while the world will struggle and while governments will not have solutions and while uh, foreign leaders will say, we have no solution for these things. Father, your people will always have a way forward and the church will shine in the last days. Father, the prophet Malachi prophesied in chapter four that the whole earth will burn like an oven. But Father God, there is an immunity for your people because we have it made in the shade. For you said in Psalm 91 that we will be under the shelter of the Most High. Therefore, we had shade, we have shade and protection while the world fears, uh, uh, feels the heat and the troubles that would reverberate. We thank you that we move forward until the day where we cross over to be with you forever when you come to take us home to be with you. Now, Father, we give you praise. Father, I just ask that you would strengthen your people today for you always have a way forward for them. And I thank you that their faith is always active and on the move in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. If you're watching this message, and you've never made your peace with God. You've never given your life to Jesus. Do not let another day go by. Today, I want you to pray and give your life to Jesus so that you can be safe from the troubles in the earth and so that your sins can be forgiven and that your heart can be made new and you can go to heaven. Praise the Lord. If you're watching and you used to be a Christian, but you have backslidden and you've gotten off into the world and gotten all messed up in sin, Today, you need to come back. You need to come back. You need to come back lest you find yourself in a burning hell. And that was, you never want to go to a devil's hell because there's no way out. But you can get right with God and have your, your salvation reestablished with the Lord. I want you to pray also, okay? So let's pray now. Say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you completely. I acknowledge that you are the Savior of the world. Jesus, come into my life. Wash my sins away. Write my name in your book of life. Step into my life and lead me and guide me from this day forward. Jesus, I thank you that I belong to you and not the devil. Jesus, I thank you that you are my Lord and you are my King. And I thank you that you are making me more than a conqueror. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In your name I pray, amen and amen.
Praise God. Welcome to the family of God. Now Jesus has made you right now more than a conqueror. And you're going to see that manifested and realized as you walk that truth out day by day. Hallelujah. You know, it says that uh, in the song of Moses, that after they had crossed the Red Sea and they were on the other side, as Moses said that God is a God of war. Hallelujah. God doesn't lose. It's possible for his people to lose because of disobedience and unbelief, but God never loses. And so we're tied in to the greatest champion of all time. Praise the Lord. God's going to help you. God's fighting for you. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's take Holy Communion. I want to ask you to grab some unleavened bread. Now remember, leaven represents sin. Passover is the seven days of unleavened bread, and it's a time where we make sure all the sin is out. Praise the Lord. So grab some unleavened bread and some grape juice, and let's pray. By the way, if you don't have unleavened bread, do the best you can. Grab a flat cracker or a flat, the flattest piece of bread you've got. And if it's not flat, smash it down. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. The Passover bread was unleavened bread. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. We bless it. And we thank you that this is now the body and the blood of Yeshua, Jesus, Hamashiach, our Savior, the Messiah. Now, Father, as we receive the Lord's body, we thank you for victory. We thank you that we are more than conquerors. Hallelujah. We call the devil's bluff. We call the devil the liar for who he is. And we thank you for sweet victory every day, every month, every year. We thank you, Father. We cannot be denied and we won't be denied from the victory that belongs to us, that the thief, the devil, is not going to steal our victory. Absolutely not. So we receive the body of Jesus and we, re we enforce his defeat and we enforce our victory in you. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive together. The prophetess Miriam saying and said, the Lord has triumphed gloriously. The Lord has triumphed gloriously. His triumph is your triumph, and so yours will also be glorious. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for the cleansing blood of Jesus. We thank you for new life in Jesus that we have passed from the bondage of sin, the bondage of being spiritually dead. We have passed into new life. We thank you for the new birth experience. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, that Jesus is living in us right now through the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the cleansing power of the blood. Father, if anyone has sinned against us, we forgive them completely. We pray for them and we bless them and we move on in you. We thank you, Father, for a joyful life, a happy life. And we thank you for this 2023 Passover as it comes to conclusion. We thank you for it and we thank you for the eternal Red Sea Crossing memory, though God, that you always come through for your people in big ways if needed. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's partake together. Woo! Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. 
Glory to God. Lift your hands. Father, I speak blessing over your people. Increase. Sharp minds, sober minds. You have not given your people a spirit of fear, uh, of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. I thank you, Father God, that your word and your spirit stabilizes your people. And I thank you that they're going through. Answers and solutions are coming. Increases coming on every side. Thank you, Father God. We give you praise. This is the church's finest hour. Let your people rise, O oh God. Let your light shine on them. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you for joining me today. And let me say also thank you for all of the, the powerful Passover offerings that came in. We are praying over your seeds, and we are believing with you for miracle harvest. Praise the Lord. Amen. It's been a wonderful, beautiful Passover. Let us continue on. We are 50 days out from the Pentecost. Amen. The next feast that we will celebrate. So I want you to have a wonderful day. You have a great week, and I'll see you back again real soon. Keep moving forward in faith. Bye-bye.